that next. Offering. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated for a minute, amen, as we prepare, amen, to receive the offering this morning. Hallelujah. Serve a mighty, mighty good God. I've been anxious to get here today. Mm-hmm. But just for our offering, go with me to Second, First Corinthians. Amen. I'm just going to read one verse. Amen. First Corinthians, sixteenth chapter. Verse number two. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. So he said he's encouraging each and every one of us to to set aside, to lay aside, so that when he comes, there won't be no collecting. That reminds me of the passage, amen, in Malachi that tells us, amen, to Bring all the tithes in the storehouse so there will be meat in my house. In other words, that we have a responsibility, amen, and an opportunity to partner with God, amen, in our giving. And notice what it says, as he has prospered us, he has blessed us, amen. So that gives us an opportunity, amen, to, to appreciate what God has done, amen, and to be a blessing to him and to his kingdom. So as we prepare to, to bring our offering this morning, let's, let's recognize and realize that without God, we would be short on everything. But with God, amen, there can be an abundance in every area, amen. He's the one that said he supplies all of our needs according to what? His riches, amen. So, amen, we can just continue to trust him. And as we set our hearts to be a blessing and to give, believing that God going to meet every need that's in your house and in the church at large, not just living faith, but at large, amen. If we trust God with our resources, he's the one that resources us, amen. So we want to be obedient to that. So as you get ready to give, I'm going to pray over this offering, and then we're going to collect the offering and be ready to go right into the word of God. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to be here, amen, a blessing to have something to give, amen. Hallelujah. So let's lift up our offering before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. We magnify you, God. We thank you that, Lord, you have resourced us, Lord. And we take this opportunity, Lord, to be cheerful givers. Lord, as we give into your kingdom, God, Lord, that the kingdom work will continue to go forward, Lord, in this area, in this region. And, Lord, as you have called us and appointed us to do, we magnify you right now, Lord, because it's Our focus is on you, Lord, and what it is that you want to do through this giving. So we thank you and we bless you. Lord, I pray increase over the lives of your people, God. Lord, you know every area, Lord, that there's shortcomings, every area, Lord, where there may be challenges, Lord. We pray increase, God, because your word is clear. You said give and it shall be given, Lord. And this is one of the areas we believe that you are able to keep your word. Lord, we know you're able to keep it in every area, Lord, but we walk with an expectancy in the area of our finances. So we thank you and we praise you and we bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So follow the directions of the. Uh, remember, uh, 
Man. First fruit, someone got first fruit? Man. Bring it home. Bring it to God. Bring it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless you. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for this first fruit, Father. Lord, let it be blessed according to your will, God. We bless and sanctify the whole of it. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for her faith and taking this opportunity and this step, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. our children to their classes. Amen. If you want to move up, move a little closer. Amen. We got some room. Amen. You can come on in. Hallelujah. As they go, we thank God for all our young people and their instructors. Amen. As they head to their various classes. Hallelujah. How y'all doing this morning? Amen. Blessed. I heard somebody say blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ready to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, I'm just, you know, thinking about what day is today? Sunday. <laughs> it's a God's day. Amen. Amen. It is God's day. Every day is God's day. Amen. You know, but, you know, we look around, amen, and we say, what's going on? Amen. Where's everybody? Amen. We in the kingdom. Amen. Say we in the kingdom. You know, but I was, I was just thinking yesterday we was at we stopped by uh Walmart, you know, go over at Walmart and pulled up and then when I came out I you know, this car sitting next to me was all Seahawks down. I mean, you know, I mean the, the the big old decal that wrapped around from one door or across the back to the other door, the green stripes going down, and, and the guy and his wife, I mean, they weren't going in, they weren't trying to get, they were just standing at the back of the car, they had on these Seahawks sweats and jacket and hat, they was advertising Seahawks, you know, also. I was like, wow, they spent some money to, to, to stand and, and let everybody know that they go for the Seahawks. Seahawk fans, you know, I begin to, I was just meditating and thinking about that. Now think about the, the body of Christ. 
You know, I mean, you you look at all the hype and all the the things that people do because they they're following a team. Amen. I was talking, to, you know, Stephanie. She flew down there. She's in in Arizona. You know, you know her and Daniel for the game, and she was telling me that tickets for the game are going for up to eight thousand dollars a ticket. I'm like, shoot, I'll be watching that on TV. $8,000 to, to go and, and, and watch a, a game. You know, I mean, that, you're talking about devoted followers. You know, this is, you know, it's, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not against sports at all, believe me. You know, I'm, I'm, I never have been a real big sports buff, but, you know, I'm for the Seahawks. But I ain't going to spend $8,000, you know, for no ticket. I don't even think I'm ready to fly and go see them, you know, but. You know, but I just look at, you know, how people can rally. And this is the thing that really amazed me, you know, as I think about the game, you know, and, and the, the, the fans, amen, that, that will follow. And this is not the Seahawks, any team. I mean, people rally behind sports. People are looking for something to rally behind. You know, you, you look at, you know, sports, particularly football. I mean, it, it just, you know, I think it's the leading number one that just people just spend money. You look at the millions of dollars. Think about it. You know, and you wonder how they can, you know, how they can give one player, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars for a contract. I mean, when people buy an $8,000 ticket, you know. You know, I mean, they can build these huge arenas and, and stadiums, amen, because people will pour their money into sports, amen. That's my team, and that's what I, that's what I follow. I mean, they, you know, they got shops just full of memorabilia and all the, the, the teams regalia, all that stuff, just shops and stores filled. All they sell is their stuff. And I just, you know, I was really, I was just sitting down thinking about that, you know. Like, wow, it's amazing, you know, how much revenue, you know, and how much dedication. And people who don't even get along with each other, when they come to the game, they high fiving each other. You know, if they if they if they believe in the same team, okay? If they if they know that they, they, they support the same team, I mean you you hang out with them just because they support your team. Isn't that right? You know, and and I begin to look at it and say, Boy, what can we Christians learn from that? You know, how, how they will rally, they will get together, amen. It's about, uh, and I begin to think, aren't we all on the same team? Don't we all support the same thing? Uh, and see, so if, if we had that kind of that kind of press and that kind of stir and that kind of desire, amen, even to represent Christ, I mean, like I said, you know, you couldn't miss them with the green and the blue. I mean, you, when you ride around, people will buy them little flags and put on their car and drive around all year, 12 men. You know, or, or the, the Seahawks emblem all year long, you know. But, you know, so we, we got to say, okay, how are we representing Christ? Are we representing him even nearly as much as people represent their sports team? Just a thought. You know, think about, you know, we want, they're glad to be part of the 12, the 12th man. You know, I say, okay, wow. Uh, Jesus had 12. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Did, he had 12. I mean, uh, uh well, we can be consider ourselves one of his 12. Come on. You know, he said, not a new concept. Jesus had 12. <laughs> Nothing new. So just think about those parallels, amen, that, that I begin to look at. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. If we can get people to follow Christ like they follow a team. 
Hello. They're going to make sure they got whatever they need. But this morning, we're not going to talk about the Seahawks all morning. Amen. I'll, I'll make sure we get y'all out of here in time to have fun. <laughs> what? I guarantee you'll be out in time to have fun. Okay? Amen. But y'all, you know, I do want to begin by asking you just for a minute, you know, just just to think for a minute about how long, you know, because I'm all about the kingdom. Amen. And I think we all we all should have that same mindset about the kingdom. But think about how long the kingdom of God has been in existence and how long it will be and remain in existence. Just, just think about that just for a minute. Just when we talk about eternity, past and eternity to come, how long is the kingdom of God? You know, we can't even begin to think about an end to that kingdom, right? Now, with that thought in mind, you know, how long it's existing and how long it's going on, amen, now begin to think about how long will your carnal existence. Carnal. Your carnal? <laughs> your carnal, carnal. Your mortal, carnal existence will be, amen, in comparison to the kingdom of God and its eternity. Not much of a comparison, is it? I mean, that's that's like, you know, one drop of, not even a drip, but a drop of water vapor compared to the oceans on this earth. You know, in comparison to how long our linear existence is in comparison to the, the eternal existence of the kingdom of God. You know, so I, you know, when, when the, uh, an existence that is guaranteed not to end. Amen? Just think about that. You know, it's like, wow. So so if, if uh, now, as we you think about that, which one of those kingdoms or which one of those, those time frames do you want to base your life on? You know, the, the answer would seem very simple. You know, that of course, I want to base my life and my, my outlook and my existence on an eternal kingdom rather than a uh, uh, a very short and brief, you know, earthly existence in comparison to that. You know, right? You know, and I see, you know, like I said, the answer would seem almost simplistic, but the problem is the exercising and the walking out and the application of that, which becomes a challenge, amen, because when we, without thinking about the kingdom continually, what are we going to think about? We're going to think about what we see and what we feel right in front of us. You know, and so if we if we don't purpose to think about the, the bigger picture, then the smaller picture takes precedence. It takes priority in our thoughts and our actions, amen, and our goals and all those things. Why? Because, you know, oftentimes we, we live and we move according to what we see. And what is, what, you know, what's right in front of us, what we feel, what's impacting me right now, now rather than forcing ourselves. And I say in the beginning, 
Because that's what it's going to take, forcing ourselves to think bigger than this, what it is now. And say, you know what, I got to get, we got to bring our focus. We got to challenge ourselves, amen, to not think typically. You know, as, as we were closing off on, wrapping up on last, last week, speaking about courageous Christians, we looked at the passage in the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians. I want to just take another look at it real quick. It's a springboard into what we're looking at today. And I'm, if I was going to title the message today, you know, I would say Kingdom or Carnal, what you're looking at. Amen? Kingdom or carnal? Which one Which one has your attention the most? Huh? Which, which, which one is, is got your ear or your eye or your heart more? And if we be honest with ourselves, amen, we all have to answer that question. Uh, are we more focused and moved and driven by kingdom things and kingdom principles? Or and, and notice when they, or the carnal. And when I say carnal, carnal is carnal. It's, it's flesh. It's, it's earthly. It's, you know, a lot of times when we hear the word carnal, we give it just such a negative connotation. But it is what it is. It's the flesh. It's the, our mortal existence. Amen? So which one really has our focus the most as a child of God? Now, I know, you know, anyone who does, isn't living for God, I mean, obviously, their focus is going to be where? the here and the now, because that's really all they embrace. But we as God's people, we've got to move to embrace kingdom thinking and kingdom principles every day, continually. But in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, as I said, we, we looked at this passage on last week, as we were saying, we are troubled on every side, yet not in distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And it goes on. I mean, that's, that's you know, the truism, a man of life. But see, what is he saying? I'm not in despair because of these things. I'm not, I'm not, you know, we might be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. We may be troubled, but I'm not in distress. Why? Because my focus is not here. My focus is not just on these things, but I, I see the bigger picture. Amen? You know, so, we, we, so I want us to back up and look at verse number 7, you know, to redirect our attention to verse number 7 in, in 2 Corinthians 4. See, but we have this treasure. Now, think, think about that word. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen? Father, enlighten our understanding right now as we hear this word. What are you saying? Now, now we, we read this verse, and oftentimes we, we just run off with it. But what is he talking about? What treasure is he talking about? Huh? Yeah, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, you can't rely on you. Your strength ain't going to come from you. Your power ain't going to come from you. Amen. Salvation going to come from you because... You know, when we begin to look at the treasure that he's talking about is the light in the believer's heart and mind, his understanding that, that it's the, the light of the knowledge of salvation, the knowledge of your relationship with God, amen, that's the, the glory that's been given us, amen, to be called a son or a daughter of God, amen. That, that's a treasure. 
amen, understanding that we have this to stand on when everything else in the world around us is shaky. We have something that, that is more valuable and, and will sustain us when the times get the hardest. We got the treasure of knowing, amen, that, you know what, come what may, I'm hooked up. God's got me. Amen. It may look crazy on this side. I may not have two nickels to rub together, but guess what? I got a treasure on the inside that the world can't take away. And as we stand on that and we understand that, that treasure should give us peace. That treasure should give us a whole different outlook on life. That no matter what, what the enemy tries to do, no matter what attacks my body, I got a treasure on the inside. Amen? And see, as, as we understand that, that treasure, amen, no matter how dark it is, amen, no matter how much sin, no matter how much guilt, no matter how much shame tries to come against you, you got a treasure. Amen, that cannot be tainted, that cannot be taken away, amen, because it comes from God. Well, I don't know about y'all, but that, that makes me happy. Amen. That see, I don't have to worry about what tomorrow going to bring. I mean, just, just bottom line, amen, I, I, I don't have to be shaky about what might happen, you know, or what someone might do or, or where I'm going to end up. I mean, uh, really... You know, I know what the Bible tells us to occupy till he comes. Amen. But what's that tell me? He's coming. Okay? So I just I just got to maintain and keep trusting him in the midst of. You know, because guess what? If he say he's coming for his people, guess what? He's coming for his people. And I want to make sure, amen, that I'm one. Amen. And I believe that you want to make sure that you're one. Amen. So no matter what else, no matter what else comes or what else happens, you know, that's why I tell people a lot of times, I say, you don't worry about what's going on. The sun's still going to rise tomorrow unless God says otherwise. Amen. Sometimes we feel like, we, you know, if we don't have this kind of focus, we can become a people that are in very much despair because of what we see, because of, you know, the elements around us. And that's why I just come to encourage you this morning. Amen. That no matter how much the earth quakes, the earth is still the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell therein is still God's. Amen. So no matter what, I got to keep my eye on him. Amen. If we can just learn how to do that, we can experience him in that salvation, understanding that we've got it on board. Amen. And everything else got to get in line. Amen, because, I, I, you know, this is, this is something that's glorious. It's a divine treasure that we have received from God. I just want to just drive that home. Amen, because what happens is this world and this life has so many distractions. Things that will cause us to lose our focus. Amen, on what's really important. It will cause us to, to, to forget our purpose, amen, and, and see, when we understand our purpose in life is to glorify him, amen, but see, a lot of things will come to, to cause us to become distracted, to cause us, amen, to start looking to the left or the right, but we have a church, on, and it says in earthen vessels, that's like, you know, putting diamonds and, and keeping diamonds in jars of clay, you know, jars that can easily be broken, but a diamond is not easily destroyed. 
man, and realizing, amen, the, the power and the authority that he's given us. Drop down to the 16th verse with me. Hallelujah. Verse number 16, starting there, it says, For which cause we faint not. Hello. So isn't that no things are going to come, but I'm not going to faint. Amen. For which cause we faint not, but but though our outward, look what he says, our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. In other words, oh yeah, now, now Paul, amen, a lot, all the things, a lot of things that he went through, I mean, he was beat down, put in prison, all kinds of things, situations and circumstances, and he could truly say, although the outward body, the body is diminishing, it's perishing, but yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Paul, Paul is the, the one that said, I die daily. But what is he talking about? He said, I'm dying to this flesh that I might live in the spirit. Amen. So now that, you know, I, I can be able to continue to go forward. And, and if we have our relationship with God, amen, and we're constantly seeking that every day, you're going to be renewed daily. You might be dealing with sickness in your natural body, but your spirit man can be renewed. Your spirit man can be strengthened your, because your focus is on something greater. Yeah, we got to deal. We got to take care of the natural. I'm not saying we don't take care of it. We don't do that. Like I said, occupy. Amen. But we want to occupy in a way that brings glory to God, that magnifies him. 17th verse says this, for our, what? Now, see, when you're going through something, you don't like people to tell you it's like, huh? Yeah, I mean, when, when you're really struggling with something, hey, man, I don't care if it's sickness, if it's, it's mind stuff, or, you know, whatever it is. When you're going through something financially, you know, you know, you, the last thing you want someone to say, oh, that ain't nothing. That's light. You know, and you be, you be first one to say, no, you ain't in my shoes. Like like mom tell dad sometimes, you're not in my body. <laughs> I like that one. You know, you say, oh, you be all right. You're not in my body. You don't know how I feel. You know, and that's that's where we are, amen. So when, but Paul says, but for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. In other words, they're not eternal. Amen. They're not going to last forever. Hallelujah. You know, it's something that's light. You know, when I was looking up there, it literally means easy to be born, easy to handle. Amen. In light of the treasure that's in you, the eternal treasure that we have, he said, this is but for a moment. But look what it says these afflictions do, though. They worketh. In other words, uh-oh, you mean the affliction is doing something? Huh? The struggle is causing something? Look, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Think about this. We, all, we often hear the, the phrase, amen, the, the deeper the pit, the greater the glory. Amen? See, when you, when you go through something and you're struggling through something, and it's just a headache, well, oh, you know, thank God he healed the headache. But think about when God come by and healed cancer. Come on. Think about that. I mean, which one do people step back more? Well, and, you know, who who can heal me? They trying to fix. They still trying to figure out a cure for cancer. You know, but for a headache, they'll give you an Advil. I said, I handle that. So, which one? When you really, really going through something, this is what he's talking about. I light afflictions, but it's going to work a greater glory in me. But it's only going to work that greater glory when I stay focused on God. When I don't allow it to take me out. When I don't allow it to cause me to 
quit and leave God and turn my back on God, amen, and start acting in a way as if I don't know him, amen, and conducting myself in a way that other old attributes begin to come up because now I'm going through something and I feel like it's God's fault. No, 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 no. It's, we, we can't say it's all God's fault. Sometimes we, got, we go through things because of our own choices. Amen. See, now we just, let me go down that road. Hallelujah. So we, we look at it, but he says it's, it's, it's going to bring an eternal weight of glory. In other words, an everlasting weight of glory. And I think some of the things that we've been through, amen, we're going to have some weight waiting on us, amen, in the eternal. You know, when we look at this, amen, in the 18th verse, says, while we look not at things, now here we go, here we go. Now see, remember what I said, a lot of times we live based on what we see what's in front of us rather than what we believe? He said, while we look not, who's he talking about? The Christian. Huh? That's what he's talking about. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but that the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Hello. But things which are not seen are eternal. Now notice. He made a very clear distinction here. What you see, even your own flesh, is temporal. The thing sometimes we battle to protect and to take care of and all, all that, you know, he said, what you see and literally everything you see is temporal. Amen? And that's where we get our word temporary. Amen? In other words, it's not going to be here forever. It's not going to last forever. It's not eternal. So if this flesh is not eternal, your sickness is not eternal. Your struggle is not eternal. Huh? Your, your issues and your, your problems and your concerns are not eternal. I want us to really think about this. Because you know, if we can elevate our thinking to a whole nother level, amen, the Bible tells us that all these things are going to perish away. But you are eternal. Huh? Think about that. So everything that you're dealing with in the natural has an expiration date. Huh? Even your body has an expiration date. But your spirit is something completely different because you are a spirit being. That it's easy for us to get caught up in this, what we feel, what we see, you know, the temporal, you know, that thing that it makes us very clear, amen. And as, when you look at temporal, it says this is relating to time as opposed to eternity. It's the opposite, amen. Eternity has no end, amen. So what are we shooting for? What is our mindset on? Is our mindset really on eternal things? So much so that it helps us to put the temporal or the natural things in the right perspective. And if we don't have that in the right perspective, we'll, we'll think that's this is all there is. So therefore, we'll put all our energies toward this rather than keeping our focus on God, realizing that even what I put my energy to in the natural, I need to focus on how I can do that to the glory of God. 
See, it changes even our natural approach to everything. Why? Because I want to be with God and I want to be operating in a way that magnifies him at all times. Amen? And I'm not trying to magnify me, but magnify him. Not trying to magnify you, magnify him. Not not trying to magnify living faith, but magnify God at all times. Keeping our focus and our mind set up on him. So it, it causes us to make some shifts in our thinking. Amen? Hallelujah. Then we look at eternal in an infinite duration. Not finite, but infinite. It only just it draws no end. Everlasting life. Amen. And I don't know, that, that, that should have your attention. Amen. We, we all, you know, we want eternal life. Isn't that right? We want everlasting life. Well, guess what? As a child of God, it's already begun. Think about that. When you gave your life to Christ, your eternity already began in him. See, it's not, it's not waiting till that time comes. Amen. But we just, the only thing we're looking for is a transition from this natural flesh, amen, to be operating in the spirit. And he talks about how that we're going to get a glorified body. It's not going to be like this. It's not going to be, you know, why? Because how can I operate in a glorified body that's temporal? How can I operate in a body that's going to perish? Amen. No, he's going to give us a glorified body that will not perish away. Amen. Think, think about that. But I don't want to go too far down that road this morning. I want us to, to dig a little bit more. Why? Because, like I say, everything we look at, Everything we deal with, everything that comes against us, good, bad, whatever the case might be, amen, it's in this temporal world, amen. But God is fully and completely aware of all those things. None of it surprises him. None of it takes him off guard, amen. Again, if, he, if, if God didn't know what you were dealing with, amen, or, or what tomorrow holds for you, then he really wouldn't be God. Huh? But when we say he's he's all-knowing, omniscient, amen, knowing everything, he already knows, amen, even what our, what our thoughts are each and every day, amen. So I must ask you again, you know what I mean, what are you looking at? What are, what are you focused on, you know, when you rise up every day, amen? Do we begin our day, amen, thanking him for who he is in our lives? Do we begin our day acknowledging, amen, that, that it's him that we live for. Amen. That in, even as we go into our day, amen, do we acknowledge that we want to magnify him throughout the day? Or, or do we just wait till nighttime to say our prayers? Thank you for getting me through today. You know, I, I, I would suggest that you reverse it around and, and, and begin to pray at the beginning of the day. Oh, yeah, continue to pray and thank him for the. But, you know, one thing I find by starting my day with God, I have a much better day. Amen. Then, then getting to the end of the day and saying thank you for the close calls and everything else. No, start the day with God. Start the day with some word, amen. And as you go through the day, he's already fortified your spirit, man. You've already reset your focus, amen, even as you rise up. Because sometimes we have some crazy dreams. Hello. I ain't going to go down that road either. Amen. But, you know, we got to start our day in prayer, some meditation, some time with God. Amen. Realizing that, God, what do you want me to do today? How can I serve you today? Think about it. You ever think about that? 
Sometimes we we looking for God to bless us all day long. And watch over us. But Lord, who would you have me to speak to? What would you have me to do today? How would you have me to serve? Go with me over to Isaiah, the 26th chapter. Because we know our day is coming. Amen. So as sure as you swing your leg over the bed, amen, something is going to be waiting on you today. Amen. And there's going, there are going to be some distractions that come your way every day. Not just, you know, every now and then, but every day. Whether it's a major distraction, a minor distraction, there will be distractions that come against you. Amen. So and that's why I want you to look at this scripture in Isaiah 26, verse number 3. Hallelujah. He said, thou wilt keep him in what? Perfect peace. Now, 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 I, I could ask a question here. How many of us experience perfect peace every day? Mm. I, see, I see the wheels turning. Uh-huh. Did you have perfect peace this morning? Or was there some challenges that disturbed your peace? Amen? But look what he says. Thou wilt keep him. In perfect peace, what? Whose mind is stayed on thee. So if you start off with your mind on God and you purpose to keep your mind on God, guess what? Even when the trouble comes, you can be at peace. Not just any peace, but perfect peace. Knowing that God is aware of this. We talked this morning. He knew this was coming. He's with me so I can have perfect peace no matter what it looks like. I could be at peace and know that God already knew about it, amen, he's able to walk me through this, amen, and I don't have to get all worried, amen, and, and begin to wonder what's going on. No, God got it. I'm in perfect peace. He's working it out. He told me in his word, all things work together for the good. What? Them that love him, those who are what? Called according to his purpose. That's me. Amen. So even the bad things are working for my good. See, and when we keep our mind on God and we, we allow his word, amen, to speak to us, we don't have to be all discombobulated and befuddled about anything that comes against us because we already know things are going to come against us. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen, amen, on the job or wherever we might be. But we can still be a people that brings peace into the situation. Why? Because we got God on the inside. If we just understand who we are, Amen. But it goes on to say this. If he, those who mind is stayed on him because he, what? Trusteth in thee. Are you trusting God? See, if I trust God is going to work it out, I don't care what the bottom line looks like. I can be at peace because he said he is my source. He's my provider. He's my keeper. He's my vindicator. So I, I can be at perfect peace no matter what they're saying against me. No matter, no matter what the banker has to say, I can be at peace. Why? Because God is my source. God is my provider. God is my comforter. See, when I keep my mind on him, when I really believe him, when I really trust him, amen, I can stand on his word. Look at verse number four. He says, trust ye in the Lord. Well, how long? How long? Just for a moment. Huh? Just until it comes to pass. No. He said, trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I like those verses. 
because it lets me know if I just keep my mind on him, if I just believe him, if I just trust him, he's going to give me the strength to deal with whatever comes my way. And in the midst of that, I'm going to be able to be at perfect peace with the situation. Why? Because I'm in peace with God. I'm trusting he is he's the one. It's all about him. So, Lord, I'm going to glorify you, even, even in the midst of the struggle. Amen. Now, I want to read those same verses out of the Amplified Bible. He said, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind both is both its inclinations and its character is stayed on you because he committeth himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Who's he talking about? God. Uh, it's not but leaning on self or somebody else, not hoping confidently in somebody else, amen, but in God. So trust in the Lord. Commit yourselves to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him. Wow. Forever. For the Lord your God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. Wow. You you, got to stand on the rock. When the storms come, when the winds blow, amen, just keep on standing on the rock. But it starts off with keeping our mind on God. Now, this is the key because, we, you know, we, we, we all got a mind, you know, right? Yeah, that's right. Amen. Now, is our mind always on God? When someone's getting on your nerves, does your mind be on them? Yep. Huh? Yeah, man, when you're struggling and you got issues, does your mind be on you? When you're going into a self-defense mode, you, your mind is on you. Amen. See, see, see what I'm saying? But if we would keep our mind on him, not on our adversaries. See, and that's why I said the other day, you know, I think it was Wednesday night we were talking in, in Bible study. And I said sometimes, and I said it before, sometimes we give the enemy too much credit. And sometimes even when people testify, the devil did this and the devil did that and the devil tried. Get your mind off of him. Put your mind on the Lord. What is the Lord doing? Tell me about what the Lord did. You know, tell me about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. So if we would just keep our mind on him, then he is able to commune with us. He is able to give us the peace that we need. He's able to give us the instruction that we need. And now we can operate in the strength that we just read about. Amen. And the, 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 the promises of God begin to manifest themselves in our lives. Huh? Amen. He's able to show up. But if you don't do what? You got to set your mind. Just tell somebody you got to set your mind. Set it on him. Amen? Don't just, you know, I, I remember years ago, I think when Wendy Three says, you know, don't let it touch your mind. You know, some things that come, she, she said, it, that, that sticks with us to this day. Don't let it touch your mind. Huh? Don't let it touch your mind. Why? You know, you just got to pray about it. You got to hear it. You got to see the situation. But don't let it touch your mind. Because as soon as it touches your mind, now your mind going to be on it. Huh? Your mind on. You know, how do you think advertisers, why do you spend billions of dollars a year, amen, to put their product on your mind? Huh? Because they want you thinking about that hamburger. They want you thinking about, you know, that, that cheese. But they want you thinking about that shake. They want you to think, you go to the movies, amen. They want you to think about that popcorn. Huh? You spend $12 for a bucket of popcorn that you can buy a whole bag for about $2 and make 10 buckets. You know, but they they want to get your mind, and so so what is on our mind gets our attention. 
you know, and I don't know if they still do it, but back in the day, if you go to the drive-in, and they would actually put little flash clips in the movie toward intermission. Why do you think they had intermission? It's going to take that long to change the reel. They got more than one reel, but intermission is so. Just before the end of the first reel, they put some flat, they flash some popcorn up there. And they flash them cold, ice cold drinks. And you don't see them because it goes so fast, but your mind caught it. So now all of a sudden you're thirsty. I'm going to get something to drink. So they give you 15 minute in, intermission so they can make $15,000 off the crowd. Then they'll start the rest of the movie. This your mind. So what is the enemy flashing in your mind? Hey Amen. To get your attention. To cause you to think about that rather than thinking about the glory of God. Rather than thinking about, God, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me to react? If you don't set your mind on him, something will get your thoughts. Something will capture your mind, and it will distract you from thinking about God's way, God's plan, God's purpose, and God's glory. He wants us to get our mind on him. Not on me. Amen. See, it's, you, you, we, we got to change. You know, I, I challenge you. Next time you pray, Pray without using these words, I, me, or my. Huh? Pray without using any of those personal pronouns, amen, and just begin to pray. Start glorifying him. God, you are great. You are magnified. Thank you for everything you've done for me. You know, you gotta, you gotta, even you got to stop and get me out of the way. Because even when he said, I glorify you, it ain't about what you do. He's already glorified. Whether you glorify him or not. So if you begin to pray, you just see, see how difficult it is to get self out of the equation. And to magnify God. Set your mind on him. Go with me to Colossians 3. Now I'm going to read it out of the Amplified here. Hallelujah. Because, you know, the, the I and the me and the my, I mean, those, those things come up so easily. They roll off our lips so easily. But when we start talking about the you, Lord, you are great. You are glorious. You do marvelous things. Thank you for who you are. And you just begin to, to focus on him. It begins to change everything. Huh? It begins, but Colossians 3 and 2 says this. And set your minds, say set your minds, huh? And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, huh? Come on now. The higher things, wow. Above, higher, get it? Amen. Not on things that are, uh, that are on the earth, amen. Now notice he says set your mind on things that are above. See, everything on the earth wants to keep our focus on the earth. But I'm here to tell us this morning, let's set our minds on things above. Let's set our minds on things eternal. Let's set our minds on the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Well, that's all he liked to talk about was the kingdom. Amen. If we would set our minds on the kingdom of God, amen, and not our I can't even call it a kingdom because it ain't that much. <laughs> you know, but, but our existence and our little domains, amen, but set our minds on the kingdom. Guess what? God will bless our domain. 
I mean, you see, he said, if you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. Huh? But you, first you got to set your mind on seeking the kingdom, amen, and, and seeking after him. But I like to, you know, set your mind not on things that are on the earth. Amen. Even in his distress, I want to share a passage that Daniel, about Daniel. Let's go to Daniel, the 10th chapter. Even in his distress, Daniel had prayed. Amen. He prayed and fasted for 21 days, seeking relief, amen, and seeking God. Amen. But then look at the 12th verse. Amen. Because finally when the angel showed up, I love this part. Amen. The angel showed up, and he was having a conversation with Daniel. Then he said, then he said to me, this is Daniel. He said, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. He said, from the first day that you set your mind, huh? from day one, that means when we set our minds on God, he's already, you, we've already got his attention. Amen. And all the reason it took him 21 days, if you go on and read, amen, he said, but the prince of Persia, which means the, 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 the demon of that area, amen, came and hindered the angel from coming to answer the prayer immediately. But he said, the angel Michael came. Huh? Amen. And see, now I'm here to grant you your request. You don't know it's already on the way from God. You don't know the warfare, amen, that might be coming against, trying to get your deliverance, trying to get your breakthrough to you, trying to get the answer of your prayer to you, amen. But you've got to keep your mind set on God, no matter how long it seems like it's taking forever. Just keep your eye, keep your mind, your heart set on God. Because from the first day that you really, I'm going to read that again. He said, from the first day that you set your mind and your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come as a consequence. See, I, want, I like those kind of consequences. Huh? And in response to your word, Lord, I'm setting my mind on you. I'm trusting you. I know you're able to work it out. I know you're able to deliver me. I know you're able to bring me through. And I know you're able to fix this situation or change the circumstance. I know you're able to watch over my child. I know you're able to give me a promotion or give me that job that I need. I know you. And see, we just got to keep our heart and our mind set on him and not, not say, okay, it took two days and nothing happened, so I'm going to set my mind on something. No. No. Keep your mind set on God. Don't waver. I mean, James tells us that he may say, you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Not, let that, not that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. But once you set your mind on God, keep it set on what else you're going to put it on. It's, it's stable. Maybe God is saying, okay, we're just going to give you a little bit of time, amen, to strengthen and undergird yourself. But keep your heart, keep your mind set upon him. Amen. Look at 1 Peter 4 and 5. We got to come with a word of encouragement, amen, to, hey, no matter what you're going through in your personal walk, no matter what's coming against your finances, against your body, against your mind, set your heart and your mind on God. And I like how he told Daniel, you, you set your mind and you humbled yourself 
Amen. Lord, I can't do it without you. I need you. You know, I'm lost if I if I lean on my own understanding. Uh, see, we, we got to get to that place, amen, that we're ready to humble ourselves before God. First Peter 5 and 4 says this. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, <laughs> ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. In other words, an eternal crown of glory. Amen. But who, who is he talking to in that passage? He's talking to the shepherds. Amen. As they would take on the responsibility of leading the flock. Amen. But he didn't lead the rest of the people out. Amen. But look at the next verse, verse number five and six. He said, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yield. I mean, ye all are what? He said what? Be what? Subject one to another and be called with what? Humility. Now, wait. Now, see, you got to have your mind on God to do these things. Huh? Amen. I said, you got to have your mind on God, amen, to be subject one to another, to submit yourselves to the elders, amen. You got to have your mind on God. Come on. You got to have your mind already set. But he could just what? For God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. I don't want no resistance. I want grace. Amen. I, I, I don't want God resisting me because I think I'm all that. I want grace because I know I'm not all that. I know I don't have all the answers. I know I can't do it. I know without God I would fail. Amen. So when we set our mind on him, then comes our strength to stand. Amen. Our strength to, to get through whatever is coming against us. Amen. In this world where, where we see the, the morality of our nation. Amen. Is going lower and lower and lower. It's going to take having your mind on God to continue to stand and to continue to be the light that God wants us to be. You know, sometimes, like us getting back to the Seahawks again, you know, we can disappear. You don't know who's fan you are. But see, they wear their red and green boldly. Or not red and green. I'm looking at all this red. You know, they're, they're blue and green. They, they wear it boldly. Do you wear your Christianity boldly? Do you, mind, do you mind them knowing who you are? Or do we kind of blend in? We take off the team colors after Sunday. Hello? I'm, I'm just saying. You know, but your conversation should betray you in a good way. That that's who you are. That's a child of God. He, she, there's a child of God. Amen. They, their, their conversation and their conduct, their actions, their love, their countenance told on them that they were a child of God. And just because they were being natural, amen, you didn't have to pry it out of them. But why? It's a part of who they are because their heart is set on kingdom things. So when, when our heart is set on kingdom things, when our heart is really set on God, guess what's going to be a part of our conversation? God and his kingdom. It's going to be a part of our actions. God and his kingdom. Just like, you know, if you run up to anybody right now that's wearing green, part of their conversation is going to be what? Seahawks. Now, they're not ashamed of it. Amen. So as a child of God, we, you know, the Bible even tells us, don't be ashamed of him. He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Hello? Amen. So, so we, we should be living a life that lets people know who we are, and not just because we got to carry a Bible. It's how we conduct ourselves, how we talk. Amen. All those things to say that that's a child of God who's got their mind on God. They're not afraid, amen, of what's going to happen. Sometimes, you know, circumstances and situations try to shut us down. But you know what? Don't let it shut you down. 
I said, don't let it. Even relatives sometimes try to shut you down. Don't come up in here with all that religious stuff. Huh? I know what I'm talking about. Uh, but see, you can't let them, but they'll come in there with all their stuff. Hello. You go over to the house, they cursing and drinking and carrying on and talking about everything, but, but dare you to talk about the Lord? Uh, I, you know what I tell you? Maybe you just been, don't want to invite me because that's who I am. Huh? You know, because if I'm going to have a bunch of Christian friends over and we're going to be having a Bible study, you think I'm going to invite you over so you can curse them out? Huh? Now, you're welcome to come and partake of the Bible study. You see what I'm saying? So we, we can't change. Don't, 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 be, don't allow the world or family or anybody else to cause you to become a chameleon. Hello. But you be who Christ has called you to be. Be the light in the darkness. See, that's the problem. They don't want the light to come. So they try to, you know, they, they try to get you to use your dimmer switch. Said, no, I ain't got no dimmer, okay? What you see is what you get. It's going to be in your eye, blind, bright, uh, Christianity, because that's who I am. And that's, that's the mindset we got to have. Uh, and that, that's why when you, when you choose to walk it out, when you walk into the house, when you walk into the shop, you know, I've experienced that conversation just kind of, if they say something negative, or they say a curse, oh, I'm sorry. Huh? Why? Because they recognize who you are. But, but Jimmy, oh, that's all right. No, you don't know. Say, well, no, no, it's not all right. Thank you. Thank you for respecting me. Thank you for respecting who I am. Thank you for respecting the God in me. You know, we, we, don't, we don't try to placate it down. No, say, thank you for honoring that. I appreciate that. Amen. You ain't beating them up. You just, you're just acknowledging their acknowledgement of who you are. But see, we can't be afraid. That's why when you set your mind and you choose to walk this thing out all the way, things will change because that kind of mindset will change you. I'm not backing down. I'm not going the other way. I am going to be who God called me to be, even in the difficult times. That's the mindset that we got to have. My heart and my mind is set on him. It's set on glorifying him. Not anything else. <clears throat> not even myself. Who am I? Who are you? Huh? Without Christ. Huh? Oh, my God. That's right. Nothing. Amen. We're fit for nothing but to be burned. But through Christ, my goodness. That, that's what gives you so much value. That's what gives you so much worth. That's what gives you so much power. Amen. Because with Christ in you, oh, my goodness, you can, you, you can turn the world. I mean, it, you can turn the world upside down when we really operate in it. And not fearful. Like I said last week, there's too many fearful Christians, amen, rather than being courageous. See, it takes courage to walk it out like this. It takes courage, amen. See, sometimes we don't want to be rejected, amen. We'd rather be accepted. But see, if you be accepted a man, you might run the risk of being rejected by God. Uh, so you got to make up your mind. Y'all go on and reject me. I got a greater weight of glory waiting on me according to the word of God. Amen. So we got we got to make up our mind. The sixth verse said, humble yourselves, therefore, unto, under the mighty hand of God, look what he says, that he may exalt you in due time. Uh, your time is coming. Uh, if you just walk it out, your time is coming. If you just keep your mind on God, your time is coming. Your elevation is coming. Your blessing is already on the way. I thank God Daniel didn't give up. 
but he kept on believing, amen. He kept on holding on, amen. But see, we got to understand this is a challenge because, like I said, what we see, this carnal world that we live in, amen, this existence is what? In your face, constantly. And we got to recognize that it is, but we got to recognize beyond what we see, what is it that we truly believe? Because that's what we're going to aspire. That's what we're going to operate. Look at I was looking at where Apostle Paul, amen, as he wrote his first letter to the Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians again. Because he had to address them, amen, concerning their carnal thinking. And he wasn't talking to the, you know, the unsaved folks. He was talking to the church. But he had to address them, amen, and noting, amen, that how their carnal thinking, basically it was derailing them from being spiritual, from operating in the spirit, from doing, amen, and being kingdom-minded. Look at Chapter 3, verse starting at verse number 1, 1 Corinthians. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. Wow. Hello. None of us want to like to be talked down to, right? Hello. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. See, you couldn't handle the strong meat of the word. Because you're still operating in the carnal sense. You still act like you ain't cut no spiritual teeth yet. You can't handle no meat. Hello, what's he telling him? Amen. So I, I couldn't bring nothing spiritual to you because you couldn't grasp it. You couldn't wrap your mind around it. Because why? Well, look what he's telling you. He's letting you know you're still, you're still operating in carnal. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal? So he said, where those things are, there's carnality operating. So where those things, I don't care if it's in your home or whatever, where those things are operating, amen, there's carnality operating. When you look on somebody, are you envying they dress? Carnality. You envying the car they drive? Carnality. You envying the house that they live in? Carnality. Huh? Goodness, help us, Lord. I mean, it's okay to desire nice things, but when you start envying somebody else's stuff, huh? Oh, my goodness. Help help us, Holy Spirit. How come it can't be me? You know, where there's strife, carnality. Huh? Divisions. You know, the, the Scripture lets us know, amen, a house divided cannot stand. Amen. I don't care if it's the church or if, I don't care if it's your local address. Huh? Destruction's on the way. As long as you stay divided long enough, destruction's on the way. Amen. He said, look what he said in verse number four. For while, for, for while I saith, <clears throat> I am of Paul. I mean, one saith, I am of a Paul. And another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Huh? Well, I hang out with this one. I believe in this one. Are you, are you not carnal? Say so your 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 eye is on focused on flesh relationships rather than on me. Uh, when we elevate our thinking to the kingdom, guess what? When we all focus on God, we all on the same page. Uh, but when you start focusing on me, and you know, uh, some say, well, I like Pastor Linda, but I don't know about Pastor David. Carnal. See you right now, Carnal. Uh, I can get along with Willie, but that wife of his, I just don't know. That Kathy and Carnal. 
Why? You know, so we, we got to elevate our thing. What is your mind set on? Huh? Is it set on him? See, because there's no peace in all that, all that carnality that be going on. Amen? You know, but there are going to be many things that come against us. As long, I'm going to say this, without apology, as long as you are in the flesh, living in this flesh body, I'll say it like that, something's going to come against you. And why can I say that? Because we live in a fallen world. Amen. And the scripture lets us know that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Trouble going to hit everybody. That's why we looked at the scripture, you know, earlier on. Trouble on every side. It's going to hit everybody. But the thing that gets us through the trouble is our mind. Where is our mind? Are we focused on God? Amen. So that even in the trouble and because of the trouble, we give God glory. I said because of the trouble, we give God glory. Rather than getting mad at him because of the trouble. Say, God, this is just more of a reason. This is an opportunity to magnify you. Mindset. And when you set your mind that no matter what comes your way, you can give God the glory. See, that's why when we see, you know, parents that are able to forgive people who have taken a child's life, that mind is set on God. Huh? You're not walking around in anger. When you can forgive somebody who's hurt you immensely, mind is set on God. Huh? Set on God. See, these are the things that make the difference in the Christian. Because we realize it's not of God, our purpose to give you glory. I purpose to keep my mind on you and I, because I know your word already told me you're going to keep me in peace in the midst of the situation. And I don't know about y'all, I like to have peace. Yeah. Amen. You know, it's like, you know, we, we got to be those, those people, amen, that we, we choose not to let everything ruffle our feathers because, you know, just because you're a Christian, the Bible says you're going to be hated for his namesake. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. Amen. And not just by Christians. Hello. Oh, I said not just by I didn't say not by Christians. But we got to have our mindset that I'm in this warfare. Amen. And I'm going to keep my mind on the bigger purpose. You know, when we think about the armed forces, you know, and we think about the thing that keeps the soldiers going. You know, how many of y'all, you know, what the name of the movie was? It was about D-Day. And, you know, it just kept coming up to the beach and seemed like, you know, every, huh, the longest day, I don't know, it might be. Amen. But every time one of them, them you know, the, the troop carriers would come up to the beach, the enemy was already perched and just cutting them down like nothing. Well, then, yeah, that was part of it. it. They showed the scene in that one. But just think about the fact that how many soldiers kept. They knew they were going towards a blanket of bullets and mortars coming at them. They knew the chances of them making it off that beach were minimal, but they kept coming. They didn't cower back in the back of the boat and say, I'm not going. Some of them never made it out of the boat. But they kept coming. What was driving them? Huh? It was something greater than themselves. To face 
an onslaught of the enemy. It was something greater than themselves that they were willing to go and to lay their lives down for their country, for the commitment, because they made a commitment. But when it comes to Christians, are we willing to lay our lives down because we've set our mind on glorifying him above all else? If it kills me, I'm going to serve. If it kills me, if it, if it takes me out, I'm going to live a life that glorifies him. I'm going to love like Jesus loved. I'm going to live like Jesus lived. Is our mind set to that degree or as long as it's comfortable? As long as there's no bullets flying my way. That's the kind of mindset that we got to choose, amen, because, you know, the Bible tells me he that will save his life shall lose it. But he that is willing to give his life for the gospel, the same shall be saved. See, this is what I'm saying. It takes a set mind to walk this thing out. It takes a set mind to do it in a way that glorifies God and not ourselves. Amen. We got to be willing to suffer for righteousness' sake. Amen. Hallelujah. Being with, mm, let me let me let's go over to Mark. Because the world is full of distractions, temptations. Trouble. Amen. But you know, even as I was looking at this, even last night, this, this passage of scripture came to my mind. As Mark, as Jesus was explaining to his disciples in the book of Mark. Amen. And he was talking about the parable of the soul. Amen. And I can't go through it all, but I just want to begin at the 14th verse when he began to explain the parable. Amen. And again, I'm going to read this one out of the Amplified Bible. And I want you to hear what he is saying. Hallelujah. Starting at verse number 14. Say, the sower soweth the word. Notice where he started with? The word. Amen. The ones also, <clears throat> I mean, excuse me, the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts, but when they hear, Satan cometh at once, and by force taketh away the message which is sown in them. So you got the word, but here come the enemy to steal the word, to take it by force. Amen. But remember the scripture says, resist him, and he must flee. But if we, if we don't resist him, he's going to take the word from us. Amen. So when they say, take it away the word which is sown in them, but the 16th verse says, and in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept and welcome it with joy. And they have no real root within them. In other words, they don't take time to let the word take root. Study, meditation, prayer, let that word take root in them. It was, it was happy when they heard it, but then phew, off on their way, gone, amen. And so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble and persecution arises on account of the word, hello, now why is the, word, why is the persecution coming? Why is the trouble coming? Because of the word that's in you. You're going to be tested. But like I said, 
They immediately are offended because displeased and become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. My goodness. Now, we, we ain't done yet. And the ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight of false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving for and passionate desire of other things creep in and choke the word and suffocate the word. My goodness. See what's happening? The world comes in. Why? Because we've lost the focus. Huh? Amen. All those, he said, it, it creeps in and chokes and suffocates the word and it becomes unfruitful. Hello. And then finally, he says, and those sown on good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit some 30 times as much as was sown. Look at that. Some 60 times and some even 100 times as much. We got to let the word soak in. We got to stay under the word. We can't let the cares of this world, the persecutions, and all those things that mentioned in that passage choke the word out of us. And then what happened? Because once the word is choked out, what are we going to find? What, what, what we got left? And our focus is not really set on him. What we got left? The carnal mind, the carnal responses, the carnal actions. That's all we got left. It's all we're able to rely on because when we allow the word, we know what the word says, but when we refuse not to do the word, something's choking the word. When we refuse not to obey the word or apply the word to our lives, our circumstances, something's choking that word out. Uh, something's stopping that word. Something's coming against you, amen. And we got to say, no, not about me, it's about the kingdom. Not about me, it's about God. So on the job, amen, when they're coming against you, it's not about you. Hmm? Can I say that again? On the job, when they're coming against you, it's not about you. Everybody, I don't even want to go to work. That's when you need to go to work. You need to go be that light. Why? Because you're there to represent Christ, and they're just trying to see, you know, are you really going to represent? He knows what you're going through, so you go, Lord, here we go. You be with me. Uh, you give me the word. You word my mouth. Amen. You give me peace in the midst of this situation. Sometimes we as Christians forget the authority and the power that we have. Uh, who it is that we are and who it is that we represent and who is on our side. So we go in based on what we see rather than what we should know in our spirit that I'm a spirit being and I don't have to, I don't have to tolerate this. You know, even, even in my years in the military, they, know who, they knew who I was. I, I did not back down. I did not cower down. Uh -uh, no, they knew. Uh -uh, don't, don't go over there and mess with him. Don't take that to him because he's not going to receive it. But then when trouble came in different ones' lives, who did they come to? They came to me. Can you pray for me in this area? Can you pray for me in that area? No. Why? Because we can't be afraid. We can't let down the mantle of Christ. We got to walk in that mantle. We got to recognize, amen, we're there to represent him. Amen. People are looking for authentic Christians who are willing, amen, to lift up Christ and endure because of Christ. Because why? That's our character. Remember, those things work. <laughs> They're working something in us. 
as we saw earlier. It worketh, the tribulations, the pressure, the trial, it worketh a greater weight of glory that will not fade away. In other words, when you go through and you do it to the glory of God, you decorate in your mansion. Huh? You building up your spirit, man. You glorifying God in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the trial. Amen. So don't be fearful. Be faithful. Don't back down. Rise up. Be who God has called you to be in the midst of situations. Say, no, that's, that's not me. Amen. Jesus, goodness. Help us, Lord. I got one more scripture I want to share with you. Amen. There's more, but I'm going to share one more with you. Amen. <laughs> As we prepare to close. Just truly, uh, I'm very passionate about, you know, how we live for God. How we glorify him in everything that we do, in every situation that we will find ourselves in. We got to make a choice. Hallelujah. Am I going to keep my mind on God? Remember, I want the peace. And see, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you haven't tried it, but I've been there. Amen. I've been through a few storms. And I know that when you keep your mind on God, you can have perfect peace in the midst of the storm. They say, how in the world he got so much peace with all this going on? This is because why? I'm tapping into the peace of God. I mean, I ain't got nothing, but it's all his. It's all what he is doing. But look what it says in Psalms 145. Hallelujah, Lord. This is just an encouraging passage. 145, beginning at verse number 9. It says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. I think that includes us. Amen? All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom. And talk of thy power and make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. In other words, we should be proclaiming the goodness of God. Huh? And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Say, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And thy dominion, dominion endureth throughout all generations. See, when we set our mind on God and on his kingdom, that should be our declaration. That it's an everlasting kingdom. It's going to, the kingdom that we have been, uh, I'll use this word, we have been invited to be a part of. Think about that. Because he drew us to himself. He, you know, the kingdom we have been invited to be a part of far exceeds the years you're going to spend in this existence. But if we're not careful, we'll allow this existence to forfeit what we've been invited to enjoy. Don't sound like a good trade-off to me. So I'm willing to endure whatever I got to endure. Amen. I'm willing to, amen, to humble myself and to give God the praise and the glory in every situation. Amen. To check myself and say, God, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to respond? What do you want me to look? How do you want me to look? How do you want me? To walk this out because it's not about me no longer. I'm here to represent you and not myself. I'm here to lift you up 
and to magnify your name. Yes, there's things in this world, amen, that are, are, are inviting to us, but is it to the glory of God? Huh? Think about that. But I'm not just talking, not necessarily a sin. I mean, to see, all things are lawful, the scripture says, but all things are not expedient. It might be okay for you to do naturally, but how is that glorifying God? When our life is here to glorify him. See, there's a lot of things that I, I, I like to go do different things, but you know what? If God said don't do it, don't go. Guess what? I just got to suck it up. Hmm? You know how they said that in that thing, one of the movies say, suck it up, buttercup. Huh? Yeah, you just got to suck it up. God said no, and believe me, there's been some no's in my life. Huh? And guess what? None of them killed me. Huh? None of them destroyed me. Yes, you're right. They made me better. Amen. See, we got to choose, amen, that I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to live it out like God wants me to live it out. Everything that I do, now see here, let's stand. This is, again, hearing is our challenge, amen. Remember New Year's service? I said, you know, nothing negative. Huh? But think about this. When you make a determination, everything I do, I want it to glorify God. Everything that I say, I want it to magnify God. Everything. That, 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 that's saying a whole lot. I say that's saying a whole lot. Because we want to magnify him in every way that we possibly can. Because you know what? That's why we're here. That's why we've been created. And we've been given an opportunity, amen, that's out of this world. Hallelujah. We just got to trust him. Lord, I'm going to check myself or I wreck myself. Uh, hallelujah. So I'm going to pray. Amen. If you're here and there's some things that you need to lay down, I invite you to come and lay them at the altar. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know what? I don't want to glorify me no more. I don't want it to be about me no more. Hallelujah. I want it to be about God. I want to honor him. I want to trust him in every step, every decision, every word that I speak. That I want to magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, even as they come, we magnify you. Giving you glory and honor, Lord, because it's you that is great and greatly to be praised. It's you that deserves to be lifted up. And we humble ourselves in your sight, God. Acknowledging, Lord, that we need you. We need your peace that passes all understanding. So help us to keep our minds stayed on you, God. Calling on you at all times, in the good and in the bad. Lord, that you might order our steps in every circumstance, in every arena of our lives, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to overcome the distractions of this life. Lord, that you would reign above them all. You would be greater. Hallelujah. That our expectation of you would be greater. Hallelujah. Our relationship with you would be greater. Our love for you would be stirred up more and more. Lord, that we wouldn't fear the things of this world, Lord, or what we might lose, or even that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by the things that we would gain 
None of those things would take our eye or our mind off of you. Because it's all for your glory. So I pray for those that have come to this altar this morning. God, you know exactly where they are. You know where those places are in their lives, God. Hallelujah, we pray, Lord, as they release it unto you, God. And as they come to choose to set their mind, set their mind, set their mind on you. That you would be glorified. Hallelujah, Lord. That nothing, hallelujah, will be able to pluck them out of your hand. Because they are your children. Lord, we are your sheep called according to your name, Lord. And we ask you right now to let your divine will be done in our hearts and our minds. We thank you. We thank you, God. And we ask you to elevate our thinking from the natural world to that which is spiritual. From the temporal to that which is eternal. Elevate our thinking, God, and recognizing, Lord, that everything, everything that befalls us is an opportunity to magnify you. To dig in deeper with you, God. To hear you, God, and to, hallelujah, give glory to your name. So we don't give in, we don't give up, we don't quit, but we press in. Because your word has just shown us. Lord, that all these things work in us, work in us an eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. That will not fade away. So we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your provision, God, to get us through whatever we need to get through. You've already made a way as we keep our hearts and our minds set and stayed upon you. We thank you, Lord. I bless these. Lord, and I pray for each and every one that's here on this morning. Let your word have its perfect work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you.